in business, right, what we need to do is we need to, we need, the personal development always has to be the very first pillar, right? You have to get your own shit in order, right? Because without having your own shit in order, you can't fulfill someone else. Welcome to the Barben Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your guest host, Jake Boley, and this podcast is presented by Barben.com. Kyle Trainer currently serves and plays the role of business strategy and mind performance at Elite Vitality. At Elite Vitality, handfuls of top coaches help new business owners in the fitness industry tackle and prepare for the tough road ahead of them. Kyle is also the host of the Pivotal Conversations podcast, a podcast that explores the keys and tools needed for success. In today's episode, I chat with Kyle about a variety of topics, including the development of mental fortitude to build a dynamic business, how Kyle has found personal zen, and much more. As always, we're incredibly thankful that you listened to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbin podcast in your app of choice. Every month, we give away a box full of Barbin swag to one of our listeners who leaves a rating and review. I am here with Kyle Trainor. I am extremely, extremely happy to have him on the podcast. This is a guy that has an incredible insight into different mindsets when it comes to coaches and working with athletes. And he works with coaches and helps consult for personal trainers around the world. Super pumped to have you on, Kyle. Nice to have you, man. Thanks for having me, man. Um, so I'm going to dive right into it, right? So I don't want to ask too much about your background. We're going to get into that. I want to talk to you about coaching personal trainers and how you got into that. How did you kind of stumble into that line of work versus just working with clients like most personal trainers? It's a, you know what, like I look back now and, and I go, and I was actually having this conversation with someone yesterday and I go, I, I don't like, I, I never thought that this would be the direction that I went in. Um, and you know, for me, it was really about my own story, right? Like I think um, I look back now and I, and I was someone who entered the industry um, at a very, very young age. So um, I was 19 years of age. I'd been training for years. Um, you know, I went to university, um, tried to, you know, get into what my thought would make my parents happy, you know, as, as we all do um, when we're quite young. And, um, you know, I, I kind of kept leaving courses and, and doing different things. And then eventually I was like, you know, what? I love the gym. I love training. Um, you know, why don't I just kind of get into personal training? And um, as most, you kind of go in blindly. And, you know, I was in the industry um, and for about a year and a half uh, running my own business. And I, you know, to be honest, I had no idea about business. Like I was like, you know, just went to a gym. I was like, you guys look for PTs. They're like, yeah, you need an ABN. So that's an Australian business number here. Um, which means I was like, yeah, cool. Like whatever that is. And, and kind of just jumped into it. And, um, you know, for, for many years I was running a business and, you know, I fell in love with the science side of things initially. And, and I was, you know, I was always kind of going to courses and, and doing all of that and, and, you know, really love that. But, um, what I started to realize and what I started to see that there's a big, 
there's a big business components to this. Um, and I was working a lot of hours as a PT. Um, and, you know, like to the point where it was, you know, massive, massive days. Um, and I actually went through kind of a fair, uh, a bit of a traumatic experience where, um, I tried to transition one of my businesses to a totally different, um, town. Um, they were really, really far away. And, um, you know, at this point I was, I was working, you know, maybe 50, 60 sessions in the gym. So, um, a week, you know, making really good money, but, um, I had to transition my business. Um, and at the same time I lost my license, um, right after I signed the papers. Um, so, and this was, you know, I was still quite young at, at this point and, for me, that was like, so I had to build a business and I, you know, so the, the story goes is I was waking up at 3.30 a.m. catching the train um, to, from, because I actually moved house as well. So I, I moved house that week to the area that I wanted to build my business, had a business that was, you know, 50 minutes away um, by car um, and I lost my license that week, man. So it was kind of like I was in a tough place. Um and, you know, I was waking up 3.30 in the morning. I would have to catch the, the 4.45 train every day, go to the gym that I already had a business at, work there till 1 p.m., come home, um, sorry, catch the train back to my, my new hometown, go to the gym there, build my business up there. Um, and I would leave there at about 9 o'clock at night. I would walk home, which was about a half an hour walk. I would eat my last meal, as every trainer does, you know, um, and I would hit the hay and I'd be back up, you know, I'd be, be asleep by 10, 30, 11, back up at three thirty, Um, and that actually drove me to have, um, I went through a kind of a period where I would have panic attacks every night and, and I had anxiety. And, um, I also realized that that's not what I wanted to do. Like that was something that, you know, that was a really traumatic period and, and not during that period. Cause I was, I didn't know any better, man. Like I've been out of, you know, been out of home since I was 19 years of age. Um, not that my, you know, my parents, I don't have a hard luck story, man, but I was just out of home. So like I haven't, it was either sink or, or float, you know, like I had no other, no other option but to survive. So, um, and that's just the kind of character that I've always been. So it was like, I was going through this period, but because, um, because of who I was, I thought that I couldn't ask for help from anyone, my parents, like, and I drove myself into a, as I said, into a place of anxiety. But, you know, after that, I realized that I I didn't want to do this anymore. And that's when I really kind of go, okay, well, if, if I want to have a family one day and I want to do the things in life that I really, really want to do, um, I, I can't keep working these massive, massive hours, but I also need to be able to put food on the table for my future family. I also need to, I need to have an income. I need to, you know, I need to start paying myself things like, um, super and, and making sure that all these things are getting looked after, um, which kind of, that's where I got this massive insight into business. And, you know, I, I initially put on a course um, where I didn't have anything to do with it. I just facilitated it. And um, the course went really, really well. But a lot of people started asking me for mentoring, which showed me that there's a, a bit of a gap in the industry um, in both, you know, in, in, in the whole industry, not just here in Australia, but you know, we actually work with um, some clients in Europe and um, obviously the States as well. So um, it, it just showed me that, you know, there is a bit of a gap there and um, that's where I fell in love with business. And eventually like it had just eventuated our program, 
is, you know, the evolution of the program itself is just kind of, it's taken off really, which is really, really exciting. But it just also shows that there's, I wasn't the only one going through that. Um, and, you know, that's where my love for business come into this. And, and this is really how I started working with coaches is initially when I started this little course that I made is that I, I kind of didn't want to be the front man of it. Um, but I also realized that I almost had to be because, and that's where I started to really dive into it. And then obviously now the program is a, an education-based program where we offer business coaching, education, um, and really just, you know, equipping trainers with the tools to not just be, have success in grow or grow their business, but to become a successful business owner. So it's personal development so that these guys can go and, um, have success for the rest of their lives. So, you know, it was kind of like a, it ended up me kind of, uh, seeing a gap through my own traumatic experience and, and kind of thinking that, you know, most trainers shouldn't have to go through this to, to have a successful career and, and, you know, just put some, put some food on the table for the family. Like they shouldn't, you know, there's, there, I wanted to create something that trainers could come through and, and it would just set them up for life. Yeah, no, I love it, man. And I think that resonated so hard with me. Right. So it's like, I moved to New York when I was 19. I did the same thing with training. It's like, I don't think people realize how much that wears on you the day in and day out. And it's like, that's how you got to, to grow as a coach. But as you said, it's, it's not sustainable if you don't have systems set up in place. And I think that's really cool that it's almost like that opportunity meeting passion moment in your life when you're like, okay, shit, I want to do all of this and work with people, but also like, I can't keep doing this grind. How do I mold those and create something bigger? And I think that's what I think drew me to your content originally. It was funny. I actually had had a podcast with a guy named Zach Bartell. He owns a gym out in South California. He's a good buddy of mine. And it's like, I guess Google and Instagram are listening because you were on my explore page one day, Elite Vitality. So then I was like looking into the content and then I saw you had podcasted with Jordan Shallow and I was like, shit, like this dude's awesome. So I started reading more and more into it. And yeah, it's like the the difference in how you approach, I think, working with trainers and building that, like what you said, business versus like just being like, a, let's call it a fitness business, but actually like a business that's dynamic. They can think critically about growing and stuff. That's what I think is really cool. So I guess my next question for you, man, is over the last year or so, as you've really built a, this up and started to like really grow, how did you kind of, con well, how do you continue to build your pillars and like build the mindset? Because I'm sure you've had a lot of dramatic shifts in your growth so how do you really hone in on the pillars of what you stand for in business and as a person and kind of mold them together? Because I think a lot of coaches go through the similar period of like, fuck, is this really for me? I'm getting burnt out. What do I do? What do I do? So I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on how you went through that transitional period and how you've taken the pillars and everything you know and like built your foundation on and continue to evolve those and make them work yeah. for you. Yeah, awesome. I think um, I think the first thing that we got to kind of look at is uh, business, especially when you're starting off, can be a very it can be a very selfish endeavor, right? And I think this is what um, this is usually what cuts people off of the ankles, right? Like I think it's when you're so worried about your own backyard, it's hard for you to really create a successful or, or a business that. Um, delivers a great service to anyone because it's like when and, and I mean what I'm trying to get at here is that 
when business goes from selfish to selfless, that's when we really start to grow because we really start to, to create um, or give ourselves what, what it looks like from our client's eyes. Um, and that's one of the greatest tools that you can be given in life is just see to be able to see life through someone else's eyes. And um, that's what I'm trying to teach people is because what happens is, is when we're in, we're, we're in such high stress states, right? A lot of the time, especially in business, right? Because usually there's some type of financial instability, whether that's the unknown of cash flow coming in, whether that's the financial instability that's happening in your personal life, um, whatever that is, usually that's going to cause you to be on edge. That's going to cause you to be working from a point of survival. And, um, you know, really this is where the mindset piece comes in. Like the limiting factor in anyone's business is always you. So what I try to do is I try to think about, and we try to, we try to get the individual that's working in front of us. And, and, you know, myself is I went through a similar path is that my business only really started to grow when I started to look at the people I was working with and how really I can fulfill their needs. And um, the only way I can do that is if I um, take business from being this selfish endeavor where it's for me, about me making money, about me, everything being about me and actually make it about the people that I'm serving. Um, and that's where the endeavor becomes selfless is that now whenever I feel the ego coming out and the ego coming into my life, um, that is a reflection of me being selfish in this endeavor. And usually that's when people start to beat themselves up, right? Because that's that's what the, the ego is is – is um, almost like a shadow that's a buildup of emotion, right? And it's this this person that comes in and tries to drag you out, and it's like, you know, when you've got a you've got someone sitting in front of you, the ego is going, okay, well, you know, you, you're making that the, this conversation, right? This uh, transfer of energy that's going on about you and solely you, right? And instead of making it about the person in front of you, so I think that. Um, in business, right, what we need to do is we need to we, – the personal development always has to be the very first pillar, right? You have to get your own shit in order, right? Because without having your own shit in order, you can't fulfill someone else, right? You, and this is where, like, I call it, like, um, you know, what I present on these days is I've got two main presentations, but one of them is the arena, and I call it the arena, and it's actually based on Theodore Roosevelt's um, – quote the man in the arena um and the reason that kind of come about is there's a battle before the war like the battle is your own mind because that's always a limiting factor right there's so many different inputs and kind of um that that come when the mind with our minds right so it's like that's always going to be the limiting factor so winning the battle of the mind before you enter the war that is uh fulfillment and achievement and growing a business whatever that is for any individual um and then that's kind of the first part to it right like but the second part is like there are three really fundamental keys to growing a business that you have to have before you can start um trying to grasp these really, really intricate and um, specific details. And I think these are very, very, um, they're missed. And, and especially by trainers because you've got to think like most trainers don't come into the industry to understand business or to want to get into business. Like, hey, dude, I just like fucking squatting. You know, like that's, that's, what, like, that's, that's how we all start. We all kind of come into the industry blind. And, but those three foundational tools that are all kind of um, – sectors of business that I think the reason they are foundational is because they 
I'll go through what they are first, but it's um, cash flow. So, you know, making sure that your cash flows and you've got a cash flow system set up pre, uh, from the very start because what that does is it just gives you stability um, and that allows you to work for, instead of working from a point of survival, we, we, we can thrive, um, you know, from the very get-go. Because um, when we think when we're working from survival, man, like, we're mate, we, we can't look past the, the next decision, you know, like we, we can very rarely, like most trainers work week to week. And, you know, when we, when we're not working from survival, we can actually start to plan ahead. We can start to look at where we want to be in, you know, five years and, you know, how do we go from five years and reverse engineer that to what we, where we want to be in one year to where we want to be in six months, three months. And then we can really start to create alignment through that. But that only comes when we have good cash flow and financial stability because financial instability, I guarantee you, is the root cause of all businesses' problems. If you have financial instability, there is no way you can be your best creative and innovative self. The other, the next pillar is branding. Branding is something that everybody looks over, right? It, People are like so caught up in social media these days and trying to copy the, you know, like you said, the names before, like the Luke Tullocks, the Jordan Shallows, all of this. People are so caught up in trying to do what's right on social media that they're forgetting the fact that they're not actually building a brand. They're not actually like your business is an expression of you just at a much larger scale. Right. So, you, you know, think about it. If you're starting a business, it's nearly always going to be an expression of you. Right. So what you're trying to do, and this is, this is the really cool thing. This is where the endeavor goes from selfish to selfless, right? Because personal wealth always has to be selfish. That's the reality of the game. Like we can't deny that. Anybody who wants to deny that, like I'm happy to have a conversation because personal wealth, you have to look after yourself and you have to look after your family and you have to look after what's going to be best for you. Because if you don't do that, guess what? You're working from survival again right? But your business is a totally different entity. Your business is now a way for you to express your values, beliefs, um, and morals. And that's the bridge to the outer community. That's where you can really start to create a selfless endeavor through your business, right? Which is where you like when that becomes, and that's where really your branding comes in is like, what do you want your brand to represent? Who are you trying to help? Right? What are their pain points? And why are you trying to help them? Like you need to work with people that are going to absolutely drag you out of bed every single day. Like if you're not motivated to work with the clients that you're working with, I can guarantee you it's a short-lived game. You're going to be out of the industry within five years. And that's a good stint. Like <laughs> five years is good for most. Like I'd love to see the numbers on this, but branding is something that gets so overlooked, but it's something that can be so fun and really drive those creative and innovative juices that you need to run a business. Like, um, and then that, the last pillar that I think that most, again, that most look over is quantification. So, um, you know, quantifying every little element of our business so that we can make our uh, decisions based off objective data rather than subjective intuition. Um, I think subjective intuition is is really great in some areas, but we definitely shouldn't be just making decisions of subjective intuition. But unfortunately, as trainers, when you're running a business and you're the only rep, you know, you're the, you don't have staff and these kind of things. Like quantification is one of the last things to kind of 
come into the picture, right? It's like, you know, you want me to track all my, like my, my metrics and my data. It's like, dude, I'm just trying to worry about getting someone a result. Now, the, the last piece of the puzzle there is results. Like that's a given, that's a foundation. Science and, and those kind of realms is an absolute given. Um, that's, that's like, that's foundational. But, you know, those other three pillars, the three things that I think, um, if you can focus on those from the start, they will give you a great foundation and um, you, you, you will be able to grow from there. I love, dude, that was, that was amazing. I love that. So question then off of all of that is, Let's say a trainer is getting to that survival-esque kind of state. Do you have any signs? So if something's out of alignment of those pillars, then you're going to tread water in that survival state, correct? Well, it, the problem is it happens on a subconscious level. So um, you got you got to remember that like we, we are what, whatever we if we're uneducated on certain topics, we're unaware of them. So um, this is why like continuous education is key. Like, I I mean, I study for three hours every day. Like it's the first thing I do. Um, And I, you know, I read books, I write notes, I rewrite those notes every night. Like, because what it does is like education creates awareness um, and what foundational education across the board, across many different sciences or many different topics actually allows you to connect dots between those because what I think people miss and I think this is what really drove me to create the program I did is that all of these, like if we look at the three pillars, we've got science, business, mindset, those actually integrate really closely. Like you got to understand that like the more knowledge you have on the science and how to get someone a result, the better you can actually market like directly. Um, and you know, like same with mindset and mentality, like I don't really like the word mindset, but it's like, it's the best way that it gets digested by people that I talk, but like, there's so many different factors into the mind and, and how it works. Like, you know, mindset is more than just being like, rah, like, you know, like willpower, motivation, like it's it's so much more delicate than that. Um, but um, like that's the the main thing that I'm like we, when when somebody's working from a, a survival standpoint, right? Like it's happening at a, at a at an unconscious or a subconscious level. So this is where I truly believe that the. I definitely haven't come up with a lot of these topics, right? Like I'm, I'm not reinventing the wheel at all, but I think I've come up with a bit of a, a process that, um, and this is the, that what I was telling you about before is that that process, the arena, like um, the arena for me stands for the mind. Um, and the reason like it's the, and the arena is winning the battle before the war. Like before you go and try to achieve anything, you need to win the battle and the battle is your mind. Um, which means you need to understand your mind. Like, you can't like survival happens from the nervous system. That's like, you know, that's, that's an unconscious passive thing. Like it's not, do you think about it to think that we can kind of make changes to that just by simply changing small elements in our business. It's like, this is why you got to do the work on yourself. You know, I had a guy come into our program and he's like, he's kind of like, yeah, like I'm like, dude, like, you just need to work on yourself a bit, you know, and you need to, you need to engage in this process unconditionally. Like success in business is, you know, or those that are successful in business are those that just engage in the process unconditionally without any expectation of doing well. And you've got to think about that. It's like, if I don't know that I'm going to get a reward, but I still have to put this work in unconditionally, like my mind has to be able to deal with anything that comes its way. Because I don't know if something, if I'm going to get a reward, right? I can, I can plan for it. I can 
visualize it. I can do all of that, but I don't know. Like, but that's that's the beauty of it. And those that can engage unconditionally are usually the ones that have the most success because, first of all, that's an internal thing. Like, it's important to realize that our internal world creates our external environment, like not the other way around. Like if you're seeking for things external to you, right? Like things like um, cash flow and branding and you, you know, although that stuff is great, it's a foundation to having a successful business. Like the business owner has to have his shit together in order for the business to start growing itself. So um, my advice for people that are working from a survival or working or they feel like they're currently only just got their head above water is it starts with you. And, um, you know, like uh, there's a question that I ask in when I present and it's kind of like who here thinks that their um, values, morals, ethics, habits play a massive role or are the foundation to success? And everybody puts their hand up They're like, yes. And I'm like, no. Right. And the reason I say this is because like, there's kind of three main topics that I think play a massive role in what we call mindset. There's consciousness, metacognition, and mindfulness. All of these three kind of exist in the same realm. Um, they're very intertwined. Like think about like a Venn diagram, um, like those are the three pillars. Um, and consciousness, you know, is experiencing more of consciousness. So that's you know, based on sensory data, our inner universe projects our outer universe and we all have an individual personal consciousness. Metacognition is thinking about thinking. So it's like think about having a brain on top of your brain, just watching what that brain does. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but it's like metacognition is your ability um, to become aware of how your own knowledge and emotions actually affects your own behaviors and then being able to do that with other people as well. Um, so it's like, you know, they just call it thinking about thinking um, and then mindfulness, right? Like mindfulness is a big thing right now. But, you know, for me, mindfulness, metacognition and consciousness um, actually allow mindfulness to happen. Like if you connect, there's another, sorry, with consciousness as well, there is a conceptual lens there as well with like both sides of the brain play a role. So it's like um, metacognition, consciousness and mindfulness create this piece. And I think that's the missing piece to the puzzle. Um because like if you think about it, like like the reality of uh, the reality of this situation is is that we don't get a choice in what we think in any in any moment. Thoughts arise just like anything else, right? So to, if we don't get a choice in what we think, then why are we like most people will go through their life just listening to their thoughts, right? And the re think about it, if we don't get a choice in that, then we are literally shackled. We are literally getting dictated in every single moment. And mindfulness is your ability to change your trajectory, to list, to choose what you listen to, right? So if you're not practicing, if you're not experiencing more of consciousness, if you're not understanding consciousness, if you're not practicing metacognition, if you're not thinking about the way you think and, and you know, having a, a bird's eye view of, of the way you think and the way you make decisions, and then you're not being mindful in, any, in every moment, right? And you're not... You don't have the ability to be mindful, to, to stop and go, well, uh, this is just arising. A thought is like anything else. It's like a car driving past. It's arriving in consciousness. And if you don't practice, if you have the inability to not to practice mindfulness, then unfortunately you're, you're losing the battle inside the arena, right? And, but when you lose that battle, how can you know what you believe to be your beliefs, ethics, morals, 
right? How can you, how can you know that they're actually aligned, right? How do you know that they, they are the truth to what you are, right? And, and this is the, the truth here is the brain only collects on average 47% of the data, right? Like, so think about that. So since you've, the day you were born, on average, the brain only collects 47% of the data because that's what it has to do. Like if it collected everything, we'd be overstimulated, right? Like, you know, so it's like, you got to think about that. It's like, you, if we only collect 47% of the data, then we definitely shouldn't be listening to every thought. Um, and, you know, we, we definitely should be practicing mindfulness, but there is no possible way that you can truthfully say if you're not practice, experiencing more of consciousness and have this first piece of the puzzle that these values, ethics, morals, beliefs are in alignment with what you truly want as a human. Right, and you—that's why most people don't achieve things because they've got these certain beliefs, morals, values based on their particular perception in the moment. They're not thinking critically about that. Um, and the reality of it is, is that it's in disalignment, which means that you're not going to be able to produce the power, the energy, the the, the drive to actually achieve what you want to achieve. So I think there's a big missing piece of the puzzle there, and I think it has a lot to do with the esoteric. Um, spiritual and kind of you know even it, it look a lot of this stuff I, I try to connect it from this kind of three main areas there's philosophy spirituality and then there's the brain and neuroscience and the mind and they're not so different right like but i think when you're missing that big piece of the puzzle this is why a lot of us work from survival is because we're so caught up in our own minds we're losing that battle that you know we um we're so skewed from what the truth is or what our true values are Dude, I love that. So question for you then going off of all of that is, let's say somebody is having success. They're moving along. They're doing well. But from an outsider who maybe knows them or maybe is just now meeting them, they can see that they're dictated from some other external stimulus and not their own intuition, their own mind, right? So let's say someone's having success and they're functioning in a survival mode, but they're not self-aware of it. How do you kind of overcome that? It sounds like a lot of it comes from mindfulness, but then my question would be is like, what would be the first steps for somebody to recognize that and go through it to really figure out and hone in on, Hey, is this really what I'm about? Is this really what I believe? Or am I just going with the constant external stimulus and gratification I'm getting from everything around me that's saying I'm successful, but in the inside, like maybe it comes from an event that shit rocks you one day and you're like, Holy crap. Like, what am I doing or some other time where it just like hits you like that. So before people, I guess, run into that wall, because I feel like everybody kind of hits it eventually if they're out of alignment, how would you suggest to kind of check yourself to make sure you're not functioning in a survival mode? I think, um, look, this is where, this is where the rubber hits the road, right? Is the application of all this. Like it's, this is why I say you got to do the work on yourself. You got to spend time with yourself. Like, you know, most people, and, and this is how you can really tell is that if you can't sit down and spend 10 minutes with your own mind, then you're, you're, you're completely relying on external stimulus. Um, and again, it's a short lived game. And it's like, you know, the goal of life isn't like, this is, this is where like, I'm a little bit different to most business guys. Like I don't like to even call myself a business guy because of this. Like I love business, but it's like, you know, the goal of life is not money and success. The goal of life is fulfillment. So it's like, like 
you got to think if you're not getting fulfilled by the work you're doing, like that's, that's, that's inflammation, man. That's stress. Like that's, that's going to be a buildup inside. Like, you know, the only thing that matters in life is how you feel internally. Like nothing else can affect you. Right. And if you're powerful and you've got the stability inside of you, right. Like, and, and that comes from doing the work on yourself, like spending time with yourself. Right. Like I think meditation, man, like it's, it's going to happen eventually, man. Like people can't neglect this stuff anymore. Like it's, this is where the, this, like I said, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is the application of it. Like, um, you can talk about mindfulness, you can talk about all of this stuff, but the reality of it is, is that unless it's actually occurring inside of you and, and you're actually uh, practicing it and, and truly practicing it, that's the, really the only way that this stuff um, can, can, you can start to see the benefits of it. So it's like, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that this is the most important thing here is that thoughts most people spend their whole life think either thinking about the future or dwelling on the past. Um, true beauty of life and fulfillment is achieved in the present moment, right? Like if you actually look at what causes memories, it's the emotion felt in the moment, right? So if you're that some of our best memories in life happen from feeling and being truly present in the present moment. And that's why we remember them. Um, and there's a lot you can learn from that is that, you know, the only thing that really matters is the present moment ever. So it doesn't matter what you've been doing. It doesn't matter what you think you're going to do in the past. All that matters is you make decisions in alignment with who you are as a, as a person in the present moment. And this is another reason why winning the battle before the war, winning the battle of your mind and getting as close as we can to the truth, right? Because we can never experience the truth. Like reality is we all see the world through our own lens and our own lens is based off previous experience. So that's why the way you see the world and the way I see the world are two totally different things, but we live in the same world, right? So it's understanding that, right, is that all you ever have is the present moment. And if you can't find beauty in that and you can't find fulfillment in that, that usually means that you're lost in thought. You're either thinking about the future or thinking about the past. And that is a very, very dangerous game to play because like we said before, we don't get a choice in what we think. Right, so this is this is where meditation, practicing metacognition, um, you know, practicing mindfulness, like they're not so esoteric. They're a skill. They're no different to squatting. Like, you know, meditation for me is like I, I said it as like it's it's a squat for your head. Like, you know what I mean? It, there's it's a skill, and when you get good at that skill, right, you can practice being in the present moment. You can practice mindfulness. You can change your trajectory in any moment. Um, and you can learn that your thoughts, you don't get a choice in them and you don't, why would you listen to something you don't get a choice in? Right. And that's, that's the, that's the real message here is that spend time with yourself, understand yourself, like understand that if you're sitting there and you can't spend 10 minutes with yourself, there's something you're neglecting. Right. And true growth comes from facing the things that we fear the most. True growth comes from, you know, when we feel resistance, we lean in a little bit. Right. Like this is where, you know, you, you've really got to start to work on yourself. You have to do the work on yourself. Like suppression, the end, like, this is the reality of it, man, is that what most people go through is suppression and repression of emotion because they don't want to deal with that emotion because when they, like if you choose to deal with that emotion, that means you have to face what probably is the biggest fear of your life and that's you being something that you're not. Um, 
But the only way to become something that you actually are and something you believe in is by facing those. And the only, what most people do throughout their whole life is they actually repress and suppress emotions. And that builds up. And this is where anxiety happens. Like for me, when I said I went through anxiety, I went through anxiety because I was pushing myself to the absolute limit based on what the life I thought everybody else so based on what everybody else, what I thought everybody else thought I should be, I was so worried about money because I was, you know, my, I just recently got a new partner. Um, you know, we, we kind of just started seeing each other and our whole family is successful to like fucking massive business owners outside of the fitness industry. Um, and I was like, holy shit, like, you know, and the pressure started mounting and, and I was living and, and acting for people outside of myself, right? So the buildup, the suppression and repression of emotion was a buildup, right? And the only way that you can literally release the gasket, release that pressure valve, right, is either by projecting that emotion to other people. So this is where you see a lot of people putting other people down um, or they're, you know, you ever met someone and they just completely tell you about their whole life problems and they're continuously talking, like you can't sit at a table, like we've all been there, man. And, and I think that's the message, but it's like suppression and repression of emotion. There's only two ways to release the gasket, to release the pressure valve. You're either dealing with it internally, spending time with yourself, working on it or you're projecting it onto other people. And who are the people you spend the most time with? Your family, your clients, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like this is what holds most coaches back is they're not dealing internally with their own shit, but they're trying to tell other people to deal with their shit. So that projection, right, that projection that happens actually pushes people away and creates their external world. So when you've set a goal, right, if you're not doing the work internally, then your internal world will create your external world. And if your internal world is a bit of a mess, then your external world is going to be a mess too. Yeah, I, f- I feel that to the core, to be honest. And I'm, I, I'm happy that you're like so open, exact, like, especially about talking about being previously anxious, because I think that is something that a lot of people go through, but we're afraid to talk about at times and afraid to admit and even afraid to talk to others about because talking to people for you for like you for example helps give others tools to work on themselves but yeah i think everybody is so afraid to admit that hey i need a little bit of help right now and i need to figure out my shit before i can progress in this area of life or before i can build here and i think we all get in our own heads about being open about that being true to ourselves and like hey something's not right i'm being reactive to everything around me little things are getting under my skin that never get under my skin do you have any tips for implementing steps to i don't want to throw i don't want to use the word anxiety here but when you are at wits end for example what are your like what, how did you overcome that what were some steps like just some groundwork that others could employ literally tomorrow if they want to start improving on their mindfulness and awareness of where they're at in life and build upon their true values. Yeah. I mean, look, like, so I'm not a massive expert in this stuff, right? Like, and, and, you know, I went through anxiety and I'm open to talking about it because, you, you know, I, I had nobody at that point, like, or I felt like I had nobody. And, and that's the reality of the story is that, you know, the stories that I was telling myself of why I had nobody was actually something done by myself and nobody else. I had so many people. 
um, surrounding me and supporting me, and I had I had all the the tools to my to my kind of uh, in my tool belt. Um, and that's that's the kind of thing here is that we got to understand that you know nothing is worth achieving in life without compassion. And the reason I'm so open about talking about all this stuff is because I went through it, um, and you know I don't, I don't want other people to go through it, and I especially don't want other people to go through it feeling the way they they feel like you know alone because you're not and. Um, you know, my main tips with this is like, you know, I, I think meditation's changed my life. Like I can honestly tell you that I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Um, and you know, the reason is, is because meditation is spending time with yourself and, you know, it's, it's when you start to look at everything, like things like thoughts and emotions and everything that's going on inside of your body and detach from the self, right? Because, the self is a form of the ego, right? Like the, that's the reality. The ego is resistance to all growth. So this is, again, why we can't listen to our thoughts because the thoughts are the things that are limiting our growth and they are a form of the ego, right? And so practicing mindfulness is looking at everything that passes through as subjective. So, you know, again, detaching from thoughts, spending time with emotions and um i think talking to people like making sure that you start to talk to people like i i'm i look back now and i you know my stepfather kevin alice is probably one of the most amazing humans i've ever met um ex-military um just like been meditating since the 60s like just you know and i had him at my door like he was my he's my stepfather like he was you know <laughs> i had him there and i just you know i thought that i was alone and and that's the that's the big message here is that you aren't alone and um you got to think about it this way is um the thought of an experience enhances the experience um and what we practice grows stronger um you know, you've probably heard that a few times is what we practice grows stronger. And this actually happens at in the brain, you know, cortical thickening is, is something that actually happens within the brain. So um, when you don't have a choice in what you think, then what we practice grows stronger actually can go either positive or negative, right? So if you're re, you know, unfortunately, if you've rewired, um, you know, negative thought patterns um, or, you know, you attach yourself to thoughts, um, that's going to be very very strong within your brain that's going to be a strong connection made um so mindfulness is your ability to choose what you choose what you grow as uh, choose what grows stronger um and to start doing that is that we have to we have to become educated on it because as i said you know the thought of the experience changes the experience and education creates awareness so education will actually enhance the experience which means what most people do is they jump straight into meditation and then that it sucks, right? Like it's like the first time anyone ever meditates, you lost in thought, you're just like, wow, what's going on right now? Like, and, and you just like, you, 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 you can't pay attention. And what most people forget is that when they're sitting down and meditating, the win isn't not thinking. The win is realizing that you're lost in thought and bringing yourself back to conscious awareness, right? So that's mindfulness meditation in a nutshell is that the win is not in not thinking. The win is noticing that you're lost in thought. That's actually the, the mechanism of mindfulness. Mindfulness is looking at everything um, as subjective, right, rather than attaching yourself and listening to. So I think that if, 
if you are someone who's struggling with things like anxiety, um, look, I, I'm I, whether you're struggling with things like anxiety, if you're working from a point of survival, if you're struggling with mindset, if you're lacking motivation, whatever it is that you're lacking right now, you've just got to understand that you have to do the work on yourself and doing the work on yourself is educating yourself on the mind. It's putting practices and anchors into your life, right? That are going to allow you to practice the things that I've previously mentioned, like experiencing more of consciousness, practicing metacognition and obviously practicing mindfulness as well. So it's, those are my tips, man, is that like, if you know, you've got to do the work on yourself and the work starts within the mind because the mind is always the limiting factor. And it's not about overcoming it or having the strongest mindset. It's just about understanding your own mind. I love that. I think that's, um, that what you just kind of summed up is a trap that I think I have fallen into a lot of times. And I think others do too. And it's like, when we, we all know that we should do some form of meditation and do it often to strengthen, like you said, what we build in the brain, right? But I think, and this is, I'm so freaking guilty of this, is it fucking sucks when you first start meditating. And I think we all have an idea, or not, I don't want to say we all, but I think a lot of people who start implementing meditation think that it's going to instantly work and like it's going to instantly change everything. And that grueling process, I think we, forget that it's similar to like training the body, right? When you first start lifting, it's a grueling process. It takes time. And I don't know why there's a gap between expecting the brain to all of a sudden have this magic power that can just bypass the work that it takes to lay that foundation. Like we're okay with it with the body, but why are we not okay with it with the mind? You know? And I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. And something I did want to ask you about on the topic of meditation is I was listening to the episode with you and Luke, and you had mentioned the silent meditation retreat. Yeah. Um, dude, I want to hear more about that because I, like, I was I, then I started like reading more into that and the idea behind it, and it just it it sounds wild to me. The whole yeah, complete- it's um. So I will say that Sam Harris, anyone who, who kind of knows, like Sam Harris is one of the pioneers of this stuff. Like, um, he's who I've learned meditation off using his apps and these kind of things. I think it's great because um, he actually teaches you the skill of mindfulness and not just meditation. And you know, it really comes from a scientific standpoint. Um, but the silent retreat was something that. Uh, just listening to Sam, you know, he spent two years in silent retreat, which you think about that, that's wild, man. Like, that's wild. Um, and for me, it was like I was meditating at the time. I had some really great experiences with meditation. Um, and I think, wait, one thing before, like, and this kind of popped up before is that I want to say is this stuff is a forever moving target, guys. Like, that's the biggest thing with this is that, you know, you just like, it's not like you're like for instance, man, and I'll, this is hand on heart, man. I feel like I'm spiritually nowhere near where I was a year ago. Um, and this is just, I still meditate every day, man, but it's like, this is where, uh, your thought of experience enhances the experience. Like, you know, I went on that silent retreat. Um, and, (laughs) um, that was about a year and a bit ago now. Um, but, for, you know, like this is a forever moving target. Like don't think that just because you do something every day, it's going to feel good. And, and that's the main message as well is like don't meditate because it feels good or because it's good for you. Like it's defeating the purpose, right? Like meditation is so much more than that. Meditation is an introspection of yourself. Meditation is um, being okay with nothing. Like if you look at Buddhist monks and their life, 
Like when you're okay, when you when you are when you can find fulfillment in nothing, you can find fulfillment in everything, and you can start to see the world in a different light. And I think that's what meditation will do for people: is it will make them okay with with the, you know minimum with the minimal, and means that they're going to be so so happy with everything. And um, the silent retreat was again just for a way for me to go into an environment um, and learn about myself. I went in there with no expectation. I went in there with the, an excitement to learn. And Dan was at one of the most. Um, it's probably the most one of the, is is definitely one of the best experiences of my life, man. Um, the you know just the ability to be with yourself and your own thoughts um, for a week, like um, where you're not talking, no phone, no computer. Um, and it's just you and you, um, and you have to, you know, the first couple of days is really, really hard, but, um, beyond that, you start to get extreme clarity. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of realize how simple life can be, man. And, um, you know, meditating for about four to four to five hours a day. Um, and then the rest of the day, it's just you in the jungle, like, and that's where this place is. It's, it's in Bali in the jungle. It's kind of like, you're forced to deal with your shit and you're forced to spend time with you and yourself. And I think it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me, man, because it's what it's done is it's, it's removed my need for any external pleasure. Um, and I can, I can truly spend time with myself and be okay with that. And kind of quote that, that kind of popped up afterward is, is, um, those who find enjoyment in solitude, um, solitude is are either wild beasts or gods. Um, and that just hits home to me is that if I can find fulfillment in myself, um, then I'm going to be doing a really, really great job for everybody else, um, in the world. And I can really start to truly help everybody else, um, and give back to the universe, man. Like, uh, the, you know, nothing I do now is worth doing unless I do it with compassion and I put the people that I serve first. Um, and I truly put my ability to do that, um, at the highest level to, you know, finding fulfillment um, in myself and internally. I love it. How would you say that the like alignment that you've had within yourself and the work you've put into yourself over the last couple of years are reflective of your business growth? Because it seems like it seems like the two are like hand in hand, right? And that's why I kind of wanted to have everything circle back to we started with business, we drift to mindfulness and kind of let's say call, let's call it improving oneself in the brain, and now they're in synergy together and you're booming. Like, can, yeah, I, can it, you just share a little bit more on like how those have tied together and how you've noticed the shift in how you used to process and work versus how you do so now? I think like, you know, w- w- what I'm talking about and my, my, you know, like I'm only in my infancy man. like yeah. I, I'm nowhere near, like I, I know that I'm absolutely got so much more ahead of me. Like I'm only at the very start, like, and, but the, the thing that I'm starting to realize is that a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, like I'm a, I, I, I'm a business guy here in Australia and, and that's kind of what I'm known as, but it's like, like for me, it's just, there's, there's so much more to this than just business. Like, again, it's like fulfillment is the main word that I'm trying to, trying to get there. Cause I think that's the main goal. And, and I think, you know, my ability to change my trajectory at any point and, and kind of, um, not react emotionally to things um, is, is really what I put it down to. It's like, you know, I get a choice now in what I do because I'm mindful. That's as simple as that. Like without that piece of the puzzle, I'm reacting and I'm reacting to external stimulus all the time rather than working on internal fulfillment and, and, um, you know, bringing the power from within me. Right. And I think, um, 
you just got to realize that you're you're always a limiting factor in your own business. Like, yeah, if you look at it, you're always a limiting factor, no matter how big, right? It's like you know, if you truly want to dedicate your life to growth and serving the universe, and that's really what a business is. A business is again is a way for you to bridge your and and cr- express yourself into the world with from from the selfless point of view, right? Where you're serving other people and doing stuff for other people. Um, if you truly want to live that life, then it starts with you and you're always going to be the limiting factor. Like I can guarantee hand on heart, anyone who listens to this will understand that um, business and if they have a business, they would directly be able to say that and nobody can argue this, that they're the limiting factor. Whether that, whether there's, you know, whatever's going wrong in your business right now, it is a reflection of you and the decisions that you have made. Um, and you know, the quote, the more data we can collect on a regular basis. So that's experiencing more of consciousness, the more we can practice metacognition, the more we can kind of look at the way our, our emotions and our knowledge affect our behavior and then start to change our behavior based on the collection of that data, the more we can practice mindfulness and, you know, stop ourselves, um, at any particular moment from listening to the thoughts that may be either, you know, really overly constructive, um, or destructive, right? Like mindfulness isn't just about negative thoughts, it's about positive thoughts as well. How many of us in our life have, you know, had something really, really great happen and then, you know, we've either gone and boozed up or we've gone and partied or we've kind of gone and done um, something else, you know, where we've just made an irrational decision because of how happy we are. And mindfulness isn't just about the negative thoughts, it's about thoughts in general and choosing what you listen to in alignment with who you are as a person. Um, and your values but again we only know what our values are if we spend time with ourselves and get past all the noise that's going in on within our minds and really start to listen to the things that are truthful to us um, and if you if you're not doing that that's okay like the the, rea- the point of this is is not to force anybody into this this is a decision that you can make and I really really hope that everybody that listens to this starts to make that decision where they start to spend more time with themselves internally they start to understand themselves more understand their mind more um, and the reality of that is if you're spending time with yourself you're getting closer to what we know is the truth even though that it's untainable so just remember that it is that engagement in the uncondi- unconditionally to the process that actually, you know, if you can find fulfillment in the process and not to the external stimulus, but the internal growth that comes with that, that's where you find fulfillment. Then, you know, you're never getting caught up on the small things in business. You're not getting stressed out by the decisions. Like any obstacle that comes your way is um, growth is a chance to learn an opportunity to learn. And that's really what I think this whole conversation has given me is that, you know, I don't, like if we look at what fitness is, right? Fitness has nothing to do with strength, intelligence, anything of that nature. That's all of that stuff, right? Is is um, is the outcome? It's you know what creates fitness or how we measure fitness is the person who can adapt to change the the best, right? The person who can adapt to the the stress of change the best. That is survival of the fittest and. The people that can survive, uh, the people that can adapt to change the best are the ones that um, practice mindfulness, meditation, metacognition, all of these things because they're not, re- they're not working from a point of survival anymore. They're not letting their emotional brain, the, you know, the, the, the amygdala isn't, isn't driving all decisions, the, the, you know, fear. We're actually planning ahead and we're thriving. When you've got this end goal, this purpose, this desire, and you understand who you are as a person, 
then every time you get this uh, this um, obstacle or this uh, thing that comes in your way or this problem or something doesn't fall your way, then you can simply just pivot and adapt and flow like water, right? I often talk about it like water flowing around boulders. Like the water always knows where it's going and it always finds the path of least resistance. And the path of least resistance has nothing to do with ease and everything to do with fulfillment. So if you struggle to spend time with yourself, good. I'm glad because that's what we're, that's the whole point right? The path of least resistance is fulfillment. And the only way you can find fulfillment is finding it internally. I love that, man. It's, that's, that's really, uh, you really nip that in the butt, I think. And before we head out, because I know you were probably have a slam day in front of you, I do want to ask one more thing and just kind of ask you a couple more, well, just one main question, basically. And pretty much everything that we've talked about, especially in the world of, let's call it like fitness entrepreneurship, I think the one of the commonalities that I think a lot of folks get wrapped up in is it's forgetting that the product should always come first, right? Giving that experience, giving someone pretty much why they probably got into the business in the first place, what they want to actually give them. And I think it's really tough at times to really hone in on that when there's so many things like social media giving us instant gratification and different things pulling in so many directions. So before we cut off this talk and go about our days. I do want to ask you one more question. That is, do you have any tips for, let's say any entrepreneur, not even just fitness related, that is possibly too wrapped up in the end goal and not really focusing on the product in front of them and how to dial that back and really find their roots? Because I know we talked about pretty much self-awareness, mindfulness for the last and fulfillment for the last 30 minutes. And that I know has a lot to do with it. But do you have any like quick tips of implementations that somebody can like do literally today if they want to figure out like, fuck, like I've lost, I've drifted away, right? I've drifted away from my moral compass from what got me in here in the first place. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. So I think, um, I definitely think that when it comes to like, okay, so the, there's something that I said before and, and it's the selfish versus the selfless endeavor. And I think everybody gets to a point in business where, you know, you've either sat down with a client and you've seen the transformation they've had, or you see the smile on their face when they see the result. And, you know, you can kind of see that what you've done is changed this person's life. And I think that, really in itself is, is that's where the, the endeavor goes from selfish to selfless. That's when you start to realize that, Hey, like I'm actually having a massive impact on people. Um, and I think that's the greatest gift in the world that anyone can ever have. And I think when you focus on that, it's easy for you to then go away and, um, want to do more than that and plan. And, um, it's a liberating feeling, right? So I think what, like, I honestly think that a lot of this stems from, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to define your purpose. You've got to start to look at, you know, one thing that I've done, I actually did it with Ben Pekulski, um, BPAC. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to kind of be mentored by him for a while. And it's amazing. He's a, he's, he's an unbelievable human man. But, um, one thing he made me do, and I, I kind of I get a lot of my clients to do it as well is writing your eulogy. Um, which is a really, really kind of tough thing to do. Um, but and, and it, what you're doing is you're kind of looking at you know well if if you died tomorrow, um, how would you want to be remembered? Um, and what it does it just puts things into perspective. 
Um, it's like, you know, we never want to be remembered as selfish. We never want to be remembered as greedy. So why are we acting that way in the present moment? It's like you, you can't, like, if you're acting these ways in business, like, and this is what this exercise does, it's like, well, you just got to realize that, you know, it's not like you can just flick a light switch, man. Like, there's no prescription to success. <laughs> yeah, there is no prescription to success. It's achieved every single fucking day. Right. And that's the reality of it is, man, is that you got to, you know, like define your purpose, first of all. And once you've defined your purpose and you've defined who you are, write a five year vision, write where you want to be and who you want to be in five years. And then once you've done that, create a brand. Simple. Branding creates strategy. Branding creates the goal. Branding creates everything because what most people do is they try to jump straight into goal setting and I think they struggle with this because they're still in that survival mode so looking ahead is really, really hard. So I think one thing that you can do is when you create a brand, it's exciting because, again, when you're writing a brand, you're not writing a brand around you, are you? writing a brand around the clients you want to serve and that's fun. That's easy to do because no longer are we talking – if we're stuck in the survival mindset – we're definitely going to be thinking about ourselves, right? Whereas if we can, the branding side of it is actually moving it away from us and getting us to think about our client and how we can serve them best. And that's fun. That's where you can start to become creative and you give yourself this insight. So um, I think define your purpose, write a five-year plan. From that five-year plan, create a one-year plan. Um, create a brand that excites you around clients that really, really excite you. Like you need, as I said before, you need to have clients that absolutely drag you out of bed. Um, and then one thing I would say is that you need to systematize the way you go about your week and your day. Like as much as I talk about a lot of these esoteric things, I think they are key. Like one thing that I am big on as well is absolutely being um, specific and articulate and like every single move I make within my week is calculated. Like my day is like boom, 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 boom. And that's all based on who I am at, at the core, but also who I want to become. Um, and, you know, that's that's what I really put it down to is I don't really focus on my business. I go, well, my business is just a representation of the person I want to become long-term. So you got to have goals, but you got to, it can't just be like, a, 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 it's got to be something that, matters to you you got to have a purpose in life because that purpose will and if you really if it really connects with you and it's really aligned then you can keep working towards that blindly with you know unconditionally um and that will actually uh that will be the foundation that drives everything else and then you know that's where people start to build momentum right when they find out who they want to be their purpose who they want to serve why they want to be the person they want to be everything else starts to kind of fall into place from there because, you know, whatever your core values are, right, that comes out in your daily actions. And then this this five-year vision, if you want to work towards that because of the person you become on the way, then no longer does it become about rewards. No longer do we get disappointed when I sit down to meditate and I suck at it that day. Like, you no longer do I, you know, do I get upset when I don't hit my goal for the day? Because guess what? All I ever have is the present moment. I'm not dwelling on what happened in the past. I'm not dwelling on or kind of trying to pre- worry about the future all the time. All I'm ever worried about is the present moment because that's all we ever have, man. The absolute horror of human life is that 95% of people spend so much time worrying about the present uh, sorry about the future and the past that they forget that all they ever have is the present moment. So all your decisions get made in the present moment. 
And that's my, that's really what your purpose, defining your purpose can do is that dictate what you want to do in the present moment based on your purpose, based on your goals, based on who you want to become and the rest will fall into place. And that means that aligning your week up, you know, mixing and matching and, you know, try striving for greatness in business, try striving to serve people and learning and, you know, adapting and changing systems and all of this stuff starts to become fun because I'm no longer in a rush, man. I'm, I'm here to stay, you know, me and Jordan did a podcast last, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we launched it, um, last week and, you know, it was called, are you here to stay? And if, that's a question that if I was to kind of put it out there to everyone right now is that, you know, is your mindset that you're here to stay? Because when you're here to stay, you think long-term, you work slowly, you think about people, you think about how you can articulate your brand and express your brand in a way that serves people and gets people to want to be a part of it um, for long-term success as a group, as a, as a brand. Dude, that I think, I don't know if I've ever had a better single outro like that with one tip. That's amazing. That's similar. Earlier this year, I I like had a big, not earlier this year, it was late last year. Um, it's something that really helped me. And I think kind of shadows what you mentioned is shifting to a want versus should mindset, as opposed like in the moment asking myself, is it something that I should do or should have done versus like, I want to do this. I want to do it because of this. And then asking myself why that kind of, I think shadows almost what you said. And that that's helped change everything around me. I think I too was living like, and it's, it's weird hearing so much of this because when you talk about a lot of this, I'm in my own head, like shit, like I am so guilty of a lot of these things. And we, we all are though, man. And that's the big, that's the big lesson here is that, you know, um, uh, none of us are perfect, man. Like that's, that's the reality. And, and that, you know, that's what's, this is the problem with social media is that we paint the perfect picture. Like, you know, a lot of what I do, man, in, on social media these days is like, I don't, I just try to educate. Like, I don't, I don't put anything out there about me being this, me being that. Like, I always, you never, if you read all my posts, that I always say we. I always talk about we. I never say you or I or anything like that. It's, it's always us together, man, because, you know, the reality of it is, is humans are, are much stronger together than what we are as individuals. And if we can learn to do that, then that's where we can start to live with absolutely unconditional compassion. We can start to, you know, identify with judgment um, and no longer judge others because I can guarantee if we're judging others, we're judging ourselves. And that's where we can start to drive ourselves into these states of mind. And this is where achievement can be taken away from us and, you know, motivation because we're judging ourselves just as much as we're judging others. Um, and none of us are perfect, man. Like, you know, I have bad days. There's days I'm not, I don't live up to what I say I'm going to do. Um, but the reality of it is, is that's in the past now. And all I've got at the present is in the present moment. And that's the big thing for me is like, I don't want to work with people strong and make them stronger. Like I want to work with the people that are really struggling. I want to, you know, like my legacy and what I live for and what I stand for is helping those who are really struggling and just getting them to a point where they can start to live the life and have fulfillment in the life that they want to have. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't, you know, business for me is not about getting everyone to or making, allowing one person to make a million dollars. It's a big, uh, getting a hundred percent of our industry to be able to just enjoy their, their career spend time with their family you know live life live a life that brings them fulfillment as an individual um and you know what you said there man is is that's it is that we're all guilty of it we're all this way some of the best minds in the industry that we me and you know i guarantee you go through all of this stuff none of us are immune 
I love it, man. Before we wrap up, I would love if you drop some plugs, tell people where to follow you, tell people where to follow your personal business. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I think this this podcast took a turn that I did not expect, but I don't hate it. Yeah, it's um, you know, the, a lot of this stuff that I talk about is very, it's still very kind of woo woo in in the world we live in. Um, I, I think it's key. I think it's pivotal, man. I think you know, if we can together, if this stuff starts to really take off, I think we're going to see a lot of people start to achieve a lot more. And and you know, achievement has nothing to do with numbers or anything like that. It has to do with uh, individual fulfillment. So we're going to see it, see a happier world, and um, that's the goal. But uh, you know, if any, anyone wants to find me, my personal brand is a bit all over the shop. Like I just, honestly, man, like my Instagram is like, I just post stuff that I love to talk about. Like it's, it's not business. It's not anything. It's really just helping people understand the mind. It's like, you know, anything that I, I kind of feel like talking about, I, I do. So it's very kind of like open. And um, my Instagram is Kyle R. Trainer, and my business Instagram is Elite Vitality Mastery. So um it, we just post a heap of business content on there, whether it's spiritual, whether it's kind of philosoph- uh, philosophical, whether it's, you know, objective data, sales, whatever it is, we're kind of diving into all of it on the main pillars of, um, you know, strategy, sales, cash flow, um, and branding. That's kind of our main pillars. Um, but check them out. You know, we, we just we just put a heap of content out. Amazing. And obviously, listeners, I will drop all of those plugs below along with that Jordan Shallow podcast so you guys can easily find that and click through and listen to it if you'd like. Kyle, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, man. Um, It is a late Friday here, early Saturday there. I hope you have a great weekend, man. Thanks for having me, man. Of course.